Welcome to the Leaders with Leverage podcast. I'm your host and negotiation expert, Susie Tomanchuk. It's time to be your own advocate and negotiate for what you really want out of your career. Not simply the next role or additional compensation. I want to show you that negotiation happens each and every day so that you opt in and say yes with confidence. Together with other business leaders, you'll learn the essential skills you as a leader need to become that advocate in growing your professional skills to increase confidence, gain respect, and become the future leader you're poised to be. And when you face a high stake situation, you're ready, no matter how high those stakes are. So let's do this. Let's lead with leverage. We're back again with Dr. Michelle Casarella, and we were talking last time about being triggered emotionally and and how to move through that. And today we wanted to continue the conversation and really talk about some tips that people can utilize in those moments of feeling triggered. So where do you want to start? Should we just talk about that, that state of being triggered and identifying that and then how to move through it? Yeah. So I think the first piece of this for me is just how you even know that you're triggered because we just do things out of habit. And so, you know, one of the fantastic pieces of advice that you always give to people is to essentially just kind of like slow down while you're doing things, right? Mm -hmm. And to take a step back and you can't do that unless you know, you know, when you're feeling kind of triggered by something, you might just keep going and going and going like you normally would. So it's really important to know when you're feeling triggered. So this is something that I had talked a little bit about um, the last time that we spoke. And it's all about basically knowing where you feel it in your body. So there is a um, really famous, um, at least in the psychology world, he's a, I think he's a psychiatrist, um, his name is Bessel van der Kolk, and he has this line that the body keeps the score. So I love that because it's true. You might try to rationalize something, but you can't sort of trick your body, right? Your body knows when you're feeling triggered or when you're feeling some kind of emotion, and inevitably it comes out. You may not be aware of it, but it's it's there. So sometimes something that's really helpful to do is to just literally kind of do a quick scan throughout your body and just check in with the different parts of your body um, to see, like, do you start to feel, like, for some people, headaches is their number one kind of physical sign of stress. Um, Are you feeling like a tight band around your head? Are you feeling, some people, they, they clench their jaw and they don't realize they're doing it until they stop doing it, right? So checking in there. Um, For me, I'm a big, like, shoulder neck tension person. So that to me is always a sign that I am feeling some kind of emotion or some sort of trigger. Um, Other people feel that kind of not in their stomach. I think we all have our go-to physical places. It's just important about being aware of where yours is. Um, And in those moments to be able to not only check in with it in those moments, But to do this exercise before you're in the moment so that you know, okay, my go-to place is, you know, neck and shoulders. So when I'm in that moment, I can check in there really quickly as opposed to having to kind of go throughout your entire body. Yeah. So I guess when when you sense a signal, like I'm feeling 
a change and then kind of stop mm-hmm. and do that. And or also being able to, on a regular basis, maybe checking in mm-hmm. with yourself and saying, what what is happening to me right now? Do you think both Absolutely. of those? Yeah, I think both of those, because to me, I always talk about how to be proactive and then how to be reactive. And you need elements of both. So being proactive is checking in beforehand, knowing your sort of body spot that typically, you know, mm-hmm. is where stress is manifested. And then in the reactive moment, being able to say, okay, you know, typically I like I'm feeling something. I don't know quite what it is. Let me go. Am I feeling that tension in my neck and shoulders? Oh, yes, I am. As opposed to having to take the time to go throughout your whole body, which, you know, is hard to do in those reactive situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting too. I think so many of these things are self-imposed. For me, just this week, mm-hmm. I was sending an email that it wasn't like I had rewritten it a couple of times. I didn't want to sound defensive. I wanted to send out, it was a client of mine and I read it a couple of times and then I was just like, oh, I'm just going to send it. And then I went to bed mm-hmm. and then got up and I was like, then all of a sudden I remembered that email. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard from her. I wonder yeah. if she's really offended. And like all yeah. this, like this entire story went and I mm-hmm. like physically became like a different, like I woke up fine. But just in those few moments, I just became this tension until I had asked somebody else who was on the email chain what she thought of it. And she's like, oh, it was fine. And then all of a sudden it was just like, whoosh. Yeah, yep, yep, right. So this is exactly what I was talking about last time about the whole junk drawer thought idea, right? That we, we like interpret a thought, right? So because we don't get a reply right away, you know, that's where we have this idea that that means that she's offended, right? Yeah. And it could be something as simple as, you know, they just, I don't know, didn't have time, right? Or maybe even the type of thing where like, it was so fine that it didn't even warrant a reply, right? I mean, yeah. who knows? But <laughs> right. these are like, like you just said, this is is self-imposed. Yeah. I yeah. love that analogy so much, that junk drawer, because I feel like my junk drawer is just heaping and I constantly am pulling it out because I just have so many soundtracks. Like yeah. we do this, these soundtracks, this junk drawer yes. is a lot, a well alive and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I think it's also so interesting that we are so conscious that we have this soundtrack, but yet <laughs> we can't turn it off. We can't yeah. derail it. We can manage it, mm-hmm. but we're not going to turn it off. So yeah, that alone right. is, is liberating. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what is important to understand about making mindset shifts is that it's not about, you know, the light switch of turning it off or on. It's about that light dimmer of being able to manage it and then recognize it and have control over it. Not to say like, oh, I'm just going to completely get rid of it because that's just not realistic. Yeah. 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 All right. So as we're living with that and understanding that that's something we have to manage, do you have any other tips and approaches that you work with your clients to Um, Well, I think that, you know, so, you know, noticing what's happening in your body is step one to all of this. And then once you actually know, so it's like, okay, great. I know that it's happening. Now what? Right. So we tend to, as humans, we tend to, especially when we feel anxious about something, we want to, we want it to stop. So we will do things like keep talking or just any, anytime that we feel uncomfortable, right. We will keep talking or we'll anticipate that maybe the other person is uncomfortable. So we'll try to compensate and make them feel more comfortable, even if 
that's not the case. We're just feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I really like to suggest, and this is something that you can do um, if you're just feeling uncomfortable or anxious in the moment, or if it's something that um, you can also be proactive and, and practice this stuff preemptively so that your brain gets into this um, kind of more of like a mode of not just reacting to things based on feeling uncomfortable. Um, so this is actually um, a mindfulness game um, and it's called the color game. And basically what you do is you look around the room, you pick a color and look around the room and name three to five or more things that are that color. So if I'm looking around the room that I'm in right now, I can say that I see, you know, blue on my cup and there is um, my blue pen. And so you just literally go around and pick the color that you've picked and name those things. And the purpose of this is, okay, so you, you know, let's go through an example. So feeling uncomfortable, I feel the tension, you know, in my my neck and shoulders. That's my go-to spot. And so because I'm feeling uncomfortable, I might, especially in a negotiation situation, I might just um, try to say like, you know, whatever they're saying, I'll just agree to it maybe. Or I will, you know, not want to make them feel uncomfortable. So I'll maybe, you know, backtrack on what I was originally asking for or something along those lines. And so instead of doing that, something that can kind of like occupy your brain and sort of distract it but then give you that buffer space that you need in a negotiation is to pull in the color game thing. And it's something that you can do anywhere, anytime. Um, Nobody even knows that you're doing it. It can just be, you know, in your head. And it's something that um, it's kind of like, there's no reason not to do it. It's quick. It's, it's actually kind of cute and fun and simple enough. Yeah. You know, what came to mind for me is that awkward silence when you're trying to wait for the other person. And so that can feel so uncomfortable. And so Mm -hmm. allowing your mind to have something to do during that, that awkward silence can be really powerful. So that's a good one. Yeah. I think, I think of it kind of like if you're sitting in the doctor's office waiting room, waiting for the doctor, what do you do? You scroll through your phone to kind of pass the time and occupy your brain. So this is like a kind of much more, productive way to occupy your brain. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. That is so good. Like, and, and it gives you, so it allows you to focus on something that's uh, Mm -hmm. not in your head. Exactly. Exactly. It gets you out of your your head. No, no, but like, I'm saying that exactly because you always say how to get people to get out of their own way. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it gets you out of your head, which is like the epitome of being in your own way is when you're stuck in your head. Wow. That is a Mm -hmm. mic drop right there. Like (laughs) you're right. We don't realize what that feels like. I think that's one thing is we, we tend to think that like imposter syndrome, I'm kind of going a different direction, but like imposter syndrome, which Mm -hmm. I think is connected, like it's going to be really obvious to us. Like somebody's going to have like, somebody's going to be like, no, you can't. And it's like this person you're like, yes, I'm going to advocate for myself or yes, I'm going to do this. But it's really more subtle than that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't, we can't identify it because it just feels like a normal course of business because we're, maybe we're so used to that exactly soundtrack in our heads. 
Exactly. Yeah. There is um, a psychological theory called the confirmation bias. And it is basically that like the more that you um, think something or the more that you see things, the more likely like that thought will be confirmed. Right. And that's kind of like, you know, the thought behind like a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad is that the more that your brain is exposed to something, the more likely you will be to purchase it. So the more that you are exposed to certain thoughts, your brain is going to look for confirmation of those thoughts. And something that I always say to clients is that thoughts are not facts. They are simply thoughts. And just like a Facebook ad, you are in control of making the decision to click on the, you know, see more part where you can expand the text and you are in control of going down that rabbit hole of, you know, then like reading, clicking on it and reading the comments and really getting sucked into that thought as opposed to seeing the ad and continue scrolling, which is looking at a thought and saying, is this something that I'm going to like really indulge in? Is this even serving me or is this simply a thought that is not a fact? Hey there. Love this podcast? I'm taking 10 seconds out of this episode to ask you to leave an honest review. More reviews on the show help us to reach more professionals who are ready to lead with leverage. Now let's continue the conversation. You know, it made me think of, I um, just last summer, I mean, it was not that long ago, I went to a fruit stand and mm. I was with my daughters and we had just got done with a hike and we were like, oh, a food uh-huh. stand, like this whole, like, kind of like, this is great. You know, they, the impression was that they, they've just come from the farm and they, they yep. picked all this fresh fruit and we're like, oh, yep. I wonder if they take credit cards. So we had no cash and we walk uh-huh. up and they're like, yeah, we take credit cards. And we're like, sweet. And so we had made that decision at that point, which I didn't realize that we were going to purchase something. Nobody did anything to, to yep. really sell to me, but I was like, yeah. okay. So then the fruit was in these little baskets and it never occurred to me. Like I, I can't, like I went, oh, the fruit's not that good looking, or I don't want that combination. But I just assumed that I had to buy that basket of fruit. And so then I'm like, okay, I'll take that one. He puts it in a bag and he's like $15. And I'm like, ah, I'm not bad for a credit card, you know. But then I take the bag and it's not even a pound of fruit. Hmm. And then I walk away. And so the whole experience started for me when I could use my credit card. And I was I, I was conditioned and you know what exactly. I found you were is basically I, committed to it. Mm-hmm. Right. At that point committed, yeah. I paid yeah. for sub. And by the way, there were stickers on the fruit. So I know it didn't come from a farm. <laughs> like yeah. I was hook, line and sinker. Right. Right. It, yeah. it just shows that we can get so pulled into something and we almost yep. need to zoom out to go, okay, wait, just buy what you want. You can still walk away. You're paying $15 yep. for a pound yep. of fruit. Yeah. Like there's so many things about that story that I was, I made bad decisions all along. And it was partly because of this confirmation bias, right? You were committed to buying the fruit essentially, right? Like you, you went down that rabbit hole, that path. And I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves, like, it's okay to sort of change your mind. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something, especially for women, that's even more important to really emphasize is that 
you aren't going to be seen as, or you might think that, right? It might be another kind of junk drawer thought of like, oh, but if I change my mind, am I going to be taken seriously? Or there's lots of lots of layers around that whole idea mm-hmm. for women. Um, mm-hmm. And it can be applied to, you know, other things, not just negotiation, but it's, in my opinion, just something really important to be okay with that you can, even if yeah. you sort of start to go down the path, you can walk away or change your mind or whatever that looks like. Yeah. So, so yeah. for me, let's talk about, I always like to think of tips. Like in that moment, uh-huh. I wish I would have said to myself, do you really want this? What are the mm-hmm. things that you really like? What would be the best outcome for you in this situation? And get yeah. away from this unreality that I had told mm-hmm. myself that these guys right. are, you know, this is our only livelihood. They mm-hmm. all work together. They just came from the field. Like it was, it was the story I told myself. So yeah. it's like right. zooming out and, and saying, hang on a second, before I make this decision, right. what, what do I ask myself? What do you think? Well, that's where, so first and foremost, that's where this whole idea around doing that color game is really important, right? Because that gives you a little bit of buffer to be like, wait, am I doing this because this actually makes sense? And it's like what I want to be doing. And is it going along with the story that I just told myself? Or is it something that I actually like want to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. So the first piece of that, I think that's really important to talk about is the kind of expectations that we all set for ourselves and in certain situations. So Mm -hmm. your kind of expectation in that situation was that, you know, you just came off this really nice hike. It sounded like, like you probably had a good time with your daughters and and felt, you know, the endorphins of the exercise and, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, what a way to, you know, that's like, that sounds like the perfect ending to a really nice hike, right? Is to, you know, share farm fresh food, right? With your, like, it's a, it's a healthy thing that you were doing. It's bond, like food is always like bonding and love, you know, especially with your children. And it just sounded like the perfect thing in your head. Right. And then like you were saying, then it, then it kind of went down the other piece of, well, this is, you know, like I've committed to it and this is their livelihood. And, you know, sort of like, I can't backtrack. Right. So The first piece of all of this, and I I think that this is probably really relevant to the negotiation stuff, is to understand, like, think about, like, what is your actual goal or outcome? So something that I talk about um, with, um, because I especially work with moms, is for them to get really clear on what are their values in a situation. Um, So I always give this example that um, I personally really hate sending out Christmas cards, Um, the idea of like having to like wrangle my children and, you know, like go get my hair and makeup done and, you know, go take these pictures like out somewhere and then to like gather everybody's addresses. And then that, that to me sounds like a lot of work that I'm not interested in. Um, and so for me, like what I would rather be doing over that holiday time is, and essentially, cause at the end of the day, like, what is the value around having, a holiday memory, right? So for me personally, like I would much rather be baking something with my kids or, you know, with my older one um, and spending that time in the kitchen and just like creating something with them and, you know, having those memories. So I bring that up because when I say that, a lot of moms would have the idea of like, 
oh, but I have to or I should Mm-hmm. send out Christmas cards, right? I need that. Yeah. I should have that picture perfect image. Um, you know, it's something that everybody else does. And so I should be doing it. Right. And so this is kind of I, um, like tying this into the whole fruit idea, the fruit stand idea is basically that like, that was the expectation you sort of had at that moment, right? That this is like the perfect mm-hmm. way to end a hike and it all feels like it's falling into place and it's really nice and all of that. And at the end of the day, what was really your value or your goal or outcome that you wanted in that situation? Was it to like continue to bond with your daughters, right? Was it to like feel healthy for the rest of the day, whatever it is? So in that moment, your mind told you that the only way to kind of do that was to buy this fruit. And then you went down that kind of rabbit hole, mm-hmm. right? And so this happens like, for example, with the Christmas card example of like moms will kind of tell themselves this idea, this story that this is something that I, I should do. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's always a really, like a really simple red sort of red flag to know is if you're telling yourself, if there's should in the sentence, like I should buy the fruit or I should send the Christmas card. I should, you know, I should just accept whatever, whatever offer I'm first given. Anything to do with the word should is a big red flag in my opinion. Yeah. It's so true. Like what came to mind for me is it's so easy for us to look back on that situation and, and uh, evaluate it. So the whole idea, mm-hmm. like I always like hindsight of 2020, the reason it is that yeah. is because it's easy, yeah. easier to look behind, back. Of but course. what you're saying is if you can prepare or become conscious in that moment, it's almost like you're trying to zoom ahead so that you can pull yourself back to really see it for what it is. Like I think Absolutely. there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And so that's, so to me, again, of course, it's always difficult in that moment, right? Cause like in that moment, all mm-hmm. you're thinking of is like, oh, I'm just buying fruit, right? It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Yeah. So the easiest way to kind of know that you should maybe take a step back and rethink what you're doing, um, or at least yeah. at least look at what you're doing, is again, that word should. So if at any mm-hmm. point throughout a negotiation journey or whatever else is going on, if you start to hear a lot of shoulds in your mind that's when it's really, that to me is like the easiest way to indicate, okay, maybe I need to take a step back and reevaluate what I'm, what I'm saying or thinking or doing or whatever the case is. That's a great one. That's a great, cause it's so yeah. like in those moments, we need to find some black and white mm-hmm. examples so that we can pull ourselves out. So exactly. I love that. Yeah. If you're hearing should a yeah. lot, that yeah. is a trigger or a signal that you need yeah. to I evaluate what you really want. So I always, I always think to myself, like, am I, am I shooting on myself? Obviously, like what that, what does that sound like? Right. Because that's what it literally can become. <laughs> I love that. I'm writing that down. Yeah. Uh, okay. Such awesome. great yeah. insight. Uh, Thank uh, you. I'm stealing that. Yeah. I'll give please. you credit. Tell, but tell other people, like, <laughs> are you shooting on yourself right yeah. now? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Did you just should uh, all over that's yourself? Really great. Yeah. There's many iterations of that that will that sound very inappropriate and also very funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been so helpful. Um, from the the color game mm-hmm. to the shooting. Yep. The shooting on ourselves. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's fun to say. Yeah, I know. It's fun I know. to say. It gets, and every time you say it, it's still funny. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been awesome. Any other things that you want to make sure that that we cover or that this has been really helpful? I mean, I think this feels like kind of a really easy and simple framework to to get started. Um, and I know that you and I will continue the the conversation to give you really more of these really quick wins and tips that you can actually apply because, you know, all this stuff is great to talk about and we need to actually have things that we can, you know, action items that we can implement to make some of these changes that we want. Absolutely. And it's, it's reiterating it and hearing it over and over again so that you can have permission to practice it because it's a continuum. It's not a put the chip in, you're good. And exactly. you're going to be, exactly. it's not like that. It's a struggle yep. for all of us. So you're yes. in good community. We're there with you. Yes. So <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a journey, as they say, it's not about the exactly. outcome or where we're going. It's about the journey. Yep. Yep. Remind everybody how they can find you and connect with you. Yeah. So I am most active on um, Instagram and I'm at Dr. Michelle Casarella. Awesome. Well, thank you, doctor. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much, Susie. This was so much fun. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Leaders with Leverage. If you're ready to continue your professional growth, commit to accelerating your career development and say goodbye to that anxious feeling in your stomach anytime you need to advocate for yourself, then get my book, The Art of Everyday Negotiation Without Manipulation. In this book, you'll learn the essential steps to take before entering into any negotiation or conversation, any interaction in your day-to-day. You'll discover what the other party really needs and be clear about what you're going after. You'll bust through your fears and boost your confidence and embrace that negotiation truly happens all around us. Head to the link in the show notes for more and you can even get a bonus if you buy it today. 